This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Blockbuster Film School. I am Alex Bonner. I am your professor here at the Blockbuster Film School, joined as always by my favorite headmaster, Mr. Nicholas Souter. Energetic intro. Yeah! And the man who demands that we have an energetic intro. Otherwise, he beats us with a belt. His name is Super Producer Brian Tips. Also, intro is biz talk for introduction. That is, oh man, thank you. And a little inside baseball for everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Welcome in, everybody. It is an office hour, so it's one of our... Shorter episodes, some great knowledge, a little bit of fun facts, and one we haven't done before. It's something called overrated, underrated. Insert sound cue here. Overrated, underrated. Something like that. We don't have the budget for Michael McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) It is basically exactly like it sounds. In which me and Nick have a couple of picks of movies all throughout the history of moviedom, in which we're going to take two Movies that we find that are a little overrated. And then a couple of movies that we find are underrated. And we're going to release the Kraken of Knowledge unto you. And you can then watch them and make up your own mind. Or, in the case of the overrated, you probably have seen them. And you either hate us or agree with us. All right! I'm going for hated. (laughs) We've been getting a lot of hate mail about Forrest Gump. Mostly from Tom Hanks' agent, And a lot of compliments from Chet Hanks. (laughs) It was something we were thinking about, though, because I don't think Nick is going to do it. But as Forrest Gump is such a polarizing thing, it is, in a lot of people's lists, a very overrated film. I will agree that for me, it is overrated. I like it more than you do. And that's the whole show. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) I just wanted to say that I I think that Forrest Gump is like a C. You think it's like an F (laughs) minus. I haven't listened to the episode <laughs> yet. I haven't listened to the episode yet because yes. I have this thing where I just come on here and say things and don't remember anything I say. I love that. Uh, I appreciate it. So that. I don't actually realize. In my head, I was just like, you know what? I don't care for it. But apparently, <laughs> that was not the case. So You did uh, threaten to murder child Haley Joel Osment, which I found strange as he has been an adult for a while now. It's a looper thing. <laughs> Uh, Gotta get him, you know, yeah. more vulnerable. That is- <laughs> Cut that out. Or I leave will, it in. I literally was thinking about it after you said it, though, and this will be the last thing I, I'm going to say about it, but that Forrest Gump is this mega classic of cinema. It is not my favorite Tom Hanks movie. It is not my favorite Robert Zemeckis movie. And it certainly is not my favorite Robin Wright movie. So the only movie you could say that, oh, that's my favorite actor's movie is the guy who played Biff. In Back to the Future? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, I agree with that. And sadly, maybe Christopher Lloyd. No, Christopher Lloyd's in the Abbott Family movies. I know. Chris, yeah. Yeah. And Taxi. Well, you're going into many Robert Zemeckis movies. I'm just saying, oh, I did Force. jump ship. Yeah, I, I just realized that. I'm talking Forrest Gump. <laughs> just talking Forrest Gump for a second. I think Back to the Future is rated. I think it is correctly rated. I think it is a great movie. I think it is rated. I think... The uh, Netflix thing you showed me about it was overrated. Mm. 
I think it should have been an hour of Eric Stoltz reenacting <laughs> the rest of the movie, and then they cut it together, and then next month they release the Zemeckis cut. Nick is referencing the movies that made us at least very informative and kind of fun Netflix series about movies. They also make the ones about toys. I think they're nice documentaries, but I agree with you that I so desperately wish they would have gotten Eric Stoltz to just yeah. have the other side where he's like, these guys are a bunch of punk-ass bitches. Like, I, oh, man. If you would have done that, or <laughs> you would have just sat there stone face. Robert Zemeckis is a good director. I am fine with what, and there's like a gun that you clearly see like coming in off screen, like I'm, aimed at his head. Like <laughs> I'm hoping for the third option where he just shows up like tipsy, <laughs> is smoking a cigarette, and like is more like Dave Mustaine, <laughs> accepting he's like, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. You know, it was nice to be a Metallica. <laughs> I'm still I, rich. Yeah, I'm still rich. <laughs> Megadeth worked out. I guess. Yeah, he's fine. Dave is fine. He's got way more money than Eric Stoltz. Well, he's probably an anti-vaxxer or some bullshit. All yeah. right. On that note, we're going to go into this, Nick. Now, each of us have our own kind of criteria of what makes a movie underrated or overrated. Uh, Nick has his own thing. I cannot speak for him. But- Mine is if you like it and I don't, <laughs> guess what? Kiss my ass. I tried. To- I don't care. <laughs> Thank you for the fugitive reference. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite of your impressions. I don't know if it's my... It's up there. It's up there. It's rated. That's an episode we'll do of Nick's impressions. Top five Nick impressions. Brittany Murphy. But I went with a little bit where I was trying to go with that it's not just straight up personal taste. That there are movies that I think are very well regarded by people. And they're well-made movies. They're just not my cup of tea. I was telling Nick earlier, a movie like some Anthony Mangella movies like Cold Mountain and stuff come to mind where they're very well-made period pieces. I just find them boring, but I'm not going to bash on them because I think they're rated. You know what I mean? But that's just a little caveat. Different show. <laughs> that's just a little caveat that I had pre-hand. But Nick, do you want to start with under or over? What do you think? I think we should do back and forth. Okay. Spin the wheel though. We landed on overrated. Overrated. What is your first overrated? Uh the Breakfast Club. How far Well, everybody, we just cut back. Uh Super Producer Brian cut back after me and Nick got into a vicious fist fight. That's not true. That's not true. We started kissing. Why uh, Why do you feel that The Breakfast Club is I think it's a, I think they are five assholes. That's correct. I don't think it's funny. I don't like the way it's shot. Like, I, I realize they're going for, like, a flat gray, oh, it's a suburban high school. They could have shot it better. I think it looks like shit. I think it looks exactly like Short Circuit, except mm. with a blue hoodie. I do have to make the argument that it was actually shot in a real high school. Okay. Displains Illinois. Short Circuit was shot with a real robot. <laughs> and a real Steve Gutenberg, but Until, not a real Indian. That's true. But here's but um <laughs> Fisher Stevens. I don't like that movie. I've never liked it. John Hughes is either hit or miss with me. Okay. So it's either I love it yeah. or hate it, or right in the middle there's there's home alone because <laughs> I don't love that movie, but it is fun to watch. Joe Pesci freaked the fuck out. That's true. <laughs> but I don't like The Breakfast Club at all. Interesting. I rooted for the principal. Also, Ali Sheedy was cooler and cuter and more of who she was 
when she was eating her dandruff <laughs> before they she all battered. See, I knew we were going to get there. This is why you're upset about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just throwing that in. Okay. I don't care what happened to her either way. Mm. I don't care about any of them. And I really don't give a shit that Judd Nelson. A real banner year at the Bender household. I don't care that Judd Nelson <laughs> froze like that for real. And died because he's never been moved again. He's just sitting there at yeah. Main North. Fist in the air. Just, just they play the football games around him. <laughs> in a curse. People whisper yeah, about the they curse. They could sell the land as his condominium because his family's still alive. Like, <laughs> we can't move him. Uh, it's actually a sheriff station now. Mm. That's what uh, Main North got turned into. See? I know. It's so bad. It's Copland. It is Copland. You know me. I'm actually a bigger homer for John Hughes. And I, especially when I was a kid, liked The Breakfast Club a lot. And there's a lot about it I like. But I do agree with you a little bit of an overrated. There's Emilio Estevez dancing, even back when I was a kid, made me cringe hard. I, I, hard I didn't cringe. remember that part. <laughs> there's some hard cringe. When he says that he tapes someone's buns, he kept saying buns. It was very upsetting to me. I still am upset with it and him for saying it. And it's your opinion. I thought it was a kind of fun ensemble movie. I liked the John Bender character. I related to it hard. I like Molly Ringwald, but yes, I understand. Oh, and especially Michael Ian Hall, like wearing the bear. I have the same bear's hat as him and uh, his dad's a dick. Not that my dad is a dick, but the way his character is portrayed was very fascinating to me. You're right, though. I can't fully agree with you, but I appreciate your pick. I appreciate it. The movie sucks. Anyways, <laughs> what is your... Uh... My, my, first, my first overrated is a movie that was for a long time on the AFI Top 100. They have since eliminated it. But just so you know, it was there for a while. It is a movie called Manhattan. Manhattan. Directed by Woody Allen, which a 30-something, 40-year-old man has a relationship with like a 17-year-old girl. And we are to take this as classic cinema in which... He courts and has sex with a 17-year-old girl. And because it's black and white, I guess that makes it artsy. I am not entirely sure. The entire time I was watching it, I was like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is happening. You were watching Statutory Rape, the movie. <laughs> the movie. And the way they portray it where it's like, oh, I don't know. And the fact that she pursues him is the most like, fucking creepy screenwriter fantasy bullshit where ugh, ugh. yeah right the 17 year old girl is just after your fucking dick woody allen my butt your buns your buns <laughs> you, ugh, ugh. hold on i have to ugh. i think the thing that was the really the mega overrated thing to me was that i understand there's parts of it i will admit this there's parts of it that are shot very well. There are interesting looking shots in it. People have stolen a lot of the shots, the sitting under the bridge on the bench right by the Brooklyn Bridge. There are very iconic shots in it. He's not a fully untalented filmmaker. He's just a lunatic. And the fact that for a long time, Hollywood was full tilt, even the AFI top hundred was like, yeah, what a fun romance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And. Well, also, don't forget, the AFI also really love the movie that O.J. Simpson directed called Brentwood, where he goes and (laughs) murders his (laughs) ex-wife. They love those type of movies where people outline the crimes they're committing. However, however, you did just pitch a movie where we get some other actors, right? Not him. 
and it's OJ and Kato, and they go looking for the real killers. And it's called like the OJ murder mysteries. And then at the end, they figure out that it was dun 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 OJ. Yeah. It's memento. <gasps> I did do it. Yeah. And then Kato's like, should we turn you in? And he's like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> Let's go steal back my jewelry. <laughs> you know what? We should get my Heisman back. Any other thoughts on Manhattan, Nick? I don't know. What's your take it's on that? Very well made movie. It is. Woody Allen knew how to make movies, he does. and he knew how to ruin people's lives. And also, this movie is this film is a document of both. Yes, I agree. It is just truly a shame that someone with so much talent had to be such a fucking weird creep. Like because it ruins a lot of the guy made some very good stuff in his Hollywood movie career, but Man Manhattan for me is just not one of them. And. Ugh. What is your first underrated? Let's do something we like. First underrated is the last film in the Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy. It is The World's End. Yes! I saw this the day it opened, like at 10 o'clock in the morning. I freaked out. I was mm. like, I love this movie. And then I turned to the person I was with, like, this is so much darker than the other two. <laughs> no one's going to fucking watch this. And nobody did. It was a huge, like, it made money. It made its money back. Right. But it wasn't a hit. Right. It was not Shaun the Dead. It definitely was not Hot Fuzz. No. This was, well, you know, if you drink for 40 years, you might. Hold on. I can't reach for my drink. Anyways, so <laughs> this movie is hilarious. It's a weird sci-fi robot thing. Also, and then the true Edgar Wright thing, he starts the film by laying out how the rest of the movie's gonna go. Like, past foreshadowing, he gives you a literal map of where they're gonna go on the progress of the film. Oh, yeah. And you just follow along. I love it. And then it just keeps crazier and crazier and crazier. The ending's amazing and hilarious and super dark. Yeah. But also somehow extremely hopeful. Agreed. It's not a parody of zombies it's not a parody of cop shows or cop mm. movies it's its own thing nobody was ready for that i agree and it's an amazing movie you said it very well i genuinely love that movie i saw it in the theater two times i adored the story also of people getting older and people drifting apart and some friends of yours who you are like this guy is crazy you know yeah. but some people aren't made for this world. Yeah, they're not. Some, Some of people them are, are a king. Yeah. Like, they, also, I want to rephrase something. Hmm. If you drink like you're 19 hmm. for 40 years, <laughs> you're fucked. However, spoiler alert, when Nick Frost finally starts to get drunk. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's, it's, like the, the, it's like the Hulk. Yeah. I still think we haven't come up with anything better than Eggy Egg Eggman. <laughs> and you are totally right. The ending, how nuts it is, how bizarre. No one was ready for it. Edgar Wright finally got, and he did it. They were like, make whatever you want. And he made whatever he want. And he completed the Coronado trilogy in one of the crazier, cooler things. We should watch that soon. Yeah, I'm down. Yes, yes. And everyone should watch it. I agree. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. <laughs> My first underrated, and I've got a little list. So I have to kind of make a decision here. So I think I'm going to go with, we talked about it before. And I know there are people who like it, and it is maybe my favorite film director running around at the moment in the world of personal taste. 
but it is Denny Villeneuve's Prisoners, which of all of his movies that people like of Arrival and Sicario and Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners is the one that I think kind of gets, it made money, people saw it, it was a surprise hit, but it's not talked about as much, there's not merch, there's not people cosplaying it, there's not a sort of, it is such an electric, insane movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing in it. Wolverine is amazing in it. It is Paul Dano. I mean, the shit, one of the wildest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I just don't think it gets the due that it deserves. I think it should be really up there in the Villeneuve pantheon. It should be fully talked about. I could watch Prisoners anytime, anywhere. It is such a bananas when Hall's driving through the snowstorm and he's got blood all over his face and he's driving out of his mind super fast and shades of Cameron, shades of my heart. Normally, I am so jaded in my life that I don't get sucked into a scene so hard, but I remember kind of thinking to myself like, oh, I should breathe right now. I should breathe while I am watching this because it is, it sucked my brain away. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of Prisoners, Nick? You should breathe through all movies first. Of that all. is true. You should breathe yeah. just in general. Just in general. Yeah. Have a Whatever breath you're right doing, now. Yes. Uh, no, I agree with you. This movie's amazing. I almost put Enemy on my list. Ooh, Enemy. Denny, this is why this is underrated compared to the rest of his movies. It's still super fucking dark and mm-hmm. gritty, mm-hmm. but not in the way Sicario is, where it's like a weird political movie. It's also like a weird war movie. Yeah. Prisoners is a family grieving and acting out and going crazy and fucking doing whatever they have to do. It's like a seventies movie. Mm. And that's not the type of movie that people in this day and age can handle. (laughs) When when the family kidnaps a dude, you're like, Oh, well, who directed this? Ben Affleck. Like you don't (laughs) like the first couple of Ben Affleck movies were amazing. Yes. This movie's better than all of the movies he's made. But it's the same thing where it's like it's a 70s film with like pacing for this decade. Yeah. But it's still just completely dark and gritty and it feels super real. I would make this argument that Denny Villeneuve maybe has the wildest pacing of anybody who's ever directed movies. When he decides to go, when he decides to put the gas pedal down, then all of a sudden... Love is fighting Kay in a sinking boat while Harrison Ford is about to drown in the ocean. I mean, it's just, what am I watching? This shit is high speed as fuck. And yeah, Prisoners has that element where it's slow, it's slow, and then it's not. And then it's out of control. And I love Hall and I love everybody. And it's so, so good. It's that good. And I will say this also, the twists in it, the twisty, turny thriller None of it is really telegraphed all the way. You know what I'm saying? None of it. It all was a little surprising to me. All the things that happen, all the, you sort of see maybe some of the character things that, or some of the uh, actual physical concepts that happen, but the character stuff, what characters do, how they three-dimensionalize, it's electric. Nick, I think we might have to go back to over. Good, because I I hate giving compliments for too long. (laughs) Overrated is, he has not made a movie in a long time because it turns out that he's mean to everybody. Oh, but he had a streak of films where a he movie made director? a crazy movie director. <laughs> Go figure. We made this joke before that nobody remembers I Heart Huckabees and nobody remembers Spanking the Monkey or Flame with Disaster. 
And then he made Three Kings where he was on yeah. set and he got into a fight with an extra and George Clooney fought him and they didn't speak <laughs> until they ran into each other at the premiere. And then he had like, he's on the the Blu-ray for Three Kings. He's like, documents the movie and he's like on a scooter going to the premiere in New York and hey, George, he's like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, okay, see ya. And they walks away. <laughs> but then. I love that. He had this comeback. I don't know why any of these movies he made were huge hits. Hmm. Because you have Happy Endings Playbook. What is that? What is that movie called? Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. He's speaking about David O. Russell. David O. Russell. Yes. And then he made Joy, which he was Mm -hmm. a huge dick on set, and he has not made a movie since. He has a movie coming out. And between that, he made another Jennifer Lawrence movie called American Hustle. It is Scorsese karaoke. I missed the first, like, 10 minutes of this movie (laughs) when I saw it in theaters. And I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then I saw it later. On VHS, and I saw VHS. I wish it was on VHS. <laughs> I saw it later on something in streaming, and I caught the beginning of it. I was like, oh my God, they start in the fucking middle. Yeah. What a bunch of fucking dickheads. I don't know anybody who actually likes this movie, but it's a critical darling. Got nominated for all the fucking Oscars for everything. It got right. like nine nominations. They even dragged fucking De Niro into it for one scene. <laughs> they made. Batman gained a bunch of weight, and then they have... He wanted to. He wanted to. He doesn't give a shit. A lot of eating cheeseburgers. The only redeemable part of this movie is Amy Adams. As always, in everything she is, she's the best part. And this movie sucks. I fucking (laughs) hate this movie. It's bland as hell, and it tells a story about, like, framing a mayor who wanted to do something good for his city. So it's like... One character who's supposed to represent the good in the world, and you cast Jeremy Renner? <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, recording artist Jeremy Renner? Recording artist Jeremy <laughs> Renner. He's a musician. He's not an actor, all right, people? And then uh, Bradley Cooper is bad in every movie where you see him physically, except for Wet Hot American Summer. If he's going to be in something, just be the fucking trash panda. I hate this movie. It is so overrated. David O. Russell needs to never direct anything again, but you know he's gonna. The Fighter is great. That was before. I know. That was his first (laughs) comeback movie. I know. Like, it was like, hey, I can direct real films again. What do you want to do? You can cure depression with dance and banger Jennifer Lawrence. Well, guess what? No one is banging Jennifer Lawrence except for the people or person who is. So the rest of us are stuck with depression the rest of our lives. David O. Russell doesn't know a goddamn thing, but mental health. Also, banging Jennifer Lawrence is not high on my list. It's a lot of other things. But he's not wrong, though. Banging Jennifer Lawrence does cure depression. Clinically. It did for Nicholas Holt. Anyways. American Nick Hustle, Nick Holt. American Hustle, part of a trilogy of overrated David O. Russell, mediocre, bland movies about Ooh. fake middle America. And I did this and I did that. It's like, who gives a shit? I will say this. I saw it in the theater and uh, I don't really remember it. So <laughs> there's a part <laughs> where uh, Bradley Cooper Jokes around with Louis C.K. Yep. <laughs> What's your next overrated? I'm not oh, trying to cut, I'm not trying no, to cut no, you off. No, no, no. I, I think I that's just, perfect. No, I want to leave. Yes. I want to end it right on the part yes. where I mentioned Louis I think, C.K. is prominent in American Hustle. I agree with your. I agree, I agree with your transition. My 
second overrated, and I have to decide which one, but maybe I won't. I think I will just say, and it's an excuse for me to do this. I haven't done this and forced my way in with this in a little while, but the Star Wars sequels, the Star Wars sequels, we'll put it this way. There's one that's mediocre, and then there are two that are just straight up trash. Of the amount of money they spent, the effects are bad, the writing is bad, the character development is moronic. It is even more so than ever before, just a bizarre merchandise commercial. It is a disaster, a disastrous group of films that I cannot even believe that people made, talented filmmakers. I am flabbergasted that people with talent made these movies. And then people, and I understand Star Wars fans often are very, very um, self-deluding. There's a lot of, no, 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 the prequels are good. They have to be good. They have to be good. And they convince themselves of lies and nonsense. But this is absurd. It is dissipating. I will say that. But at the time, there were these huge hits. People were, were lauding them. They're, oh, these characters. Oh, the new characters. They're, no one remembers any of the new characters. No one cares about them at all. Everything is just garbage. And it's hilarious to me because as soon as something that was actually good in a Star Wars sequel format, The Mandalorian, comes out, that is actually well-made, that is actually well-written, that actually has interesting special effects and interesting cinematography, it becomes this literal zeitgeist of America and everyone almost instantly pretends that those movies no longer exist because they would rather have the Mandalorian be the continuation of the story because it's actually good. And it just is a bizarre indictment of an era altogether of the over bloated sequel Hollywood thing of these things will not be remembered. They will not be cared about. Really? They are garbage. It is such a shame. I like some of the actors a lot. I like some of the, People involved. John Williams tried his ass off. Some of his best pieces of music are in here, but they are wasted. And it just is shocking to me, shocking to me, the mediocrity of these films. They are garbage. And the word overrated is not enough. Any takes on the Star Wars sequels, Nick? I only saw uh, the first one. I didn't see The Last Jedi or Return of the King. And I saw... (laughs) Are we counting the? Are we just doing the trilogy? Are we counting Rogue One and um? No, I'm just Solamente? going. I'm just going with the trilogy. Oh well, I didn't see the second. I like I. Oh well, I see that's okay. I will say because Solo is a prequel, and I actually really love Solo. I think Solo went into how they made the Mandalorian, where they kind of pulled back and started to get some other people. They were like, Ron Howard actually knows how to make movies. I feel bad. I don't think J.J. Ames is bad director. I think Ryan Johnson actually has several movies that I really like. I don't know what the fuck happened. Kathleen Kennedy has lots of talent. I don't know what happened. I really don't. I don't know how it became such a tire fire. That's the craziest bit to me is that I'm not against it from some sort of creepy incel fanboy thing. It's just the plots don't make sense. The stories don't make sense. The characters are not fleshed out at all. There's nothing. No one has an arc. I mean, just basic concepts of how to make a movie. It just and you then bring Mark Hamill back just to waste him just to not have him do anything. It's the most bizarre disaster. Honestly, I can't even. And because of the Mandalorian and how good it is, I think people are starting to come around to what I'm saying. Whereas at the time they were just so desperate to hold on to star Wars that they were willing to say that it's good. I don't get it. I don't know. 
I've said a, a lot of things on here about Star Wars. I feel like, I mean, like any of the prequels. Oh, no. I like the VHS copy of Return of the Jedi. You found Hell it. yeah. But it's so corny as shit. And yeah. then what's Seven called? Seven is called The Force Awakens. That's a terrible title. It's is that terrible. really what it's called? Yeah. Wow. Saw that in theaters with you. And I was like, okay, it's a, you know, it's a remake of A New Hope. Yep. It's but not, bad. It's, it's not a, it's not a terrible movie. It was not a terrible movie. Yes. And then I saw Rogue One and I'm like, I'm never going to fucking see these in theaters again. <laughs> this is so stupid. You can literally <laughs> tell which parts they went back and reshot it so bad. I kind of liked Rogue One, but I will say this. The Force Awakens almost makes the next two sequels even worse because they set up these characters like Rey and Finn. And I was like, these are kind of interesting characters. And obviously, hot piece of man meat, Kylo Ren, right? So they set up these characters and I'm like, okay, here we go. You're setting up some new characters. Well, all right. What's their story arc? Is it going to be a big story arc? No, it will not be a big story arc. These characters will be barely involved for the rest of this. They will have no arc at all. It won't make any sense. We're not combined. It's all disjointed. It's different directors, different writers. It is literally the most overwrought, overwritten, over, we can't screw this up, but we screwed it up because we thought we couldn't screw it up. You know what I'm saying? This just test marketing, demographic nonsense. It is just, ugh. It's just unwatchable schlock. Let's go back to doing something that's not negative. Nick, what is your last underrated film? I like to think of my next underrated film. Not my last one. Your last. My next one. Your next. My next underrated film, saw in theaters three times. I was almost as high as I was right now each time I saw it. But I've seen it not stoned and still love this movie. Visually, it is absolutely gorgeous. The story is, uh, you can tell, dumbed down from the books. Mm. But it's Alex Garland. who did Ex Machina. He wrote a lot of Danny... I want to say Danny Trejo, but that would be uh, a lot funnier. Uh, a lot of Danny Boyle movies. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Coma. Got some good novels. Yeah, Coma's a great novel. If yeah. you, uh, I love that. It's super trippy. Annihilation. Yes. A lot of people hate this movie. A lot of people I've seen this with hate this movie. I love this movie. Wow. It is insane. <laughs> it's trippy. It's... Gorgeous. The acting is very well done. The directing is well done. There's a part where they discover the remains of a guy stuck into the wall of an emptied out pool and his body just flowers out, Mm -hmm. but it's skeletons and flowers and is one of the most gorgeous sets I've ever seen in my life. What happens before that is they watch a videotape where a man's insides are all snakes. The science that they come up with for this to make everything work you know, it's whatever. It's a movie. We're not, <laughs> this is, you know, you're not listening to this because we're telling you which kind burns movies to watch. Um, the West is sad. Yeah, so sad. So is Vietnam. Baseball's kind of kinda sad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Annihilation. If you've seen it, rewatch it again. It's this weird thing where every character secretly gets what they want, even if it ends up getting them killed. Ooh. That's my take on it. I saw this in New York uh, with two of my friends. One of them instantly loved it. One of them asked a question about it. And then I just rambled outside of a bar, smoking a cigarette for 20 minutes about some concept I cannot even remember right now or ever <laughs> say again. That speech is gone. 
And then exactly when I finished, they turned to me and go, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, thank you. Because it was midnight. <laughs> and then I got so drunk. Anyways, long story short, Annihilation is underrated. I understand why people don't like it, but there is too much in this movie that is just pure beauty and horror and so much to enjoy that you can just disregard all of it. It's a great movie. Interesting. I've come around to Annihilation. When I first saw it, it was just more, I didn't know how to feel about it really, which I think is a testament to it as an experience that it's a very discombobulating thing. It starts like a sci-fi action thriller and then almost deconstructs because that's part of the storyline. It deconstructs into madness. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's definitely something. I would never say that I didn't appreciate it or anything like that. I don't know if it's a movie that I just, you know what I want to watch before I go to bed? Annihilation. So (laughs) I don't want to keep bringing up my therapist, but I mentioned to her that I fall asleep listening to the soundtrack of this because it's all on Zoom. She just leans forward and she goes, I have to worry about you now. Is this really what you're telling me? I go, is that bad? And she goes, you know it's bad. Listen to something else when you fall asleep. Don't listen to Annihilation. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, fine. I go, it's the guy from Portishead. She goes, Nick, stop it. All right, that's fine. It brings me closer to Natalie Portman. No, it's great actors. It's wild style. I agree with you. I definitely think it's one of those movies that should be watched at least once. You should check it out. I agree. I'm actually very appreciative that you brought it up as an underrated movie. My next slash of this particular episode, last underrated film, I think I'm going to go with a movie that is also extremely serious. A very hard-hitting movie. Uh, Jorma Tacconi from Lonely Island, directed a movie that may be the second best SNL movie ever made. It is a movie called MacGruber, starring Will Forte, about the adventures of MacGruber, in which whenever he gets into dire trouble, he cowers and says, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I'll suck your dick. Deconstructing action movies. It has Chris Jericho in it until they blow up. It is one of the more bananas. There's so much stuff from Deadpool that I think they stole from MacGruber. People were not ready for this, and it wasn't advertised correctly. And even though I love the MacGruber SNL sketches, it wasn't exactly a a mega breakout hit. It's so surprising that they made it into a movie. But, man, it's obviously a take on MacGyver, which is also, for the children, a thing that was a mild (laughs) TV hit in the 90s. It didn't matter if it was a hit or not in the 80s or 90s. It's just, is there a catchphrase that you can fit into language in America for the moment? And people, oh, I'm going to MacGyver this. Yes. I've said that a thousand times. I've never seen the goddamn show. But I know it means I can fix this lamp with this toothpick. (laughs) Yes, the premise of MacGyver is that MacGyver doesn't use a gun and can turn anything into a killer weapon. He gets a paper clip and a bong and a RC Cola two liter, and he kills a terrorist leader, you know, with his traps and puzzles. And then to make a ridiculous version of that in which there is both him and Ryan Philippe, spoiler alert, stuff a piece of celery up their butt and dance around in front of the bad guys to distract them as is a way to, It's the most nonsensical, insane movie. It is sheer madness. 
just to prove how further away from MacGyver he is. At one point, he uses Ryan Felipe, <laughs> who's a member of his own team, as a human shield. He is such a fucking coward. He's such a prick. He's also oh, yeah. he's such an asshole. <laughs> I know. Also, Kristen Wiig is amazing in it. Val Kilmer is in it. Powers Booth, Maya Rudolph. It is absolute madness. Maya Rudolph is his dead wife who got blown up, who keeps coming back to him as a ghost, telling him to stop doing this. <laughs> I love MacGruber. I watch it all the time. I find it super hilarious. And the fact that it didn't become a hit kind of bummed me out. But now it's become a little bit of a cult thing. But I wish the cult rise of MacGruber will continue. That's why I'm saying it. I think that's uh, those are our. Underrated, overrated, but you could choose one or the other for your honorable mention. Oh, okay. So I'm going to do an honorable mention for an underrated film. Oh. And an underrated, this time I use the term very loosely. Mm. Like this is a movie you can have on while you do things. Okay. And you can walk back in the room and be like, oh, I, I saw that happening. Schindler's List. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the worst. I'm the worst person in the history of the world. If we do this again, this episode again, I'm always going to waste my own mention. Okay. No matter what it is. And I want that to start with Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. In no way. That's Jason. In, there you go. Sorry. This movie is in no way good, but it is extremely watchable. Okay. Donald Pleasance comes back as a extra crispy piece of fried chicken after being blown up in Halloween too, <laughs> and just goes full on old man doing <laughs> monologues. What they get in the other movies don't is that uh, Michael Myers is supposed to hide in the shadow. He's not supposed to walk around all day watching kids get into cars and go to the drugstore and whatever. I mean, he does do this in that one, but like still. <laughs> He kills an entire police station full of people. Oh, like yeah. like Arnold. Yes. Oh, man. I have not seen four in many moons. I think I was a child when I saw four. And I, at the time, said to myself, kind of what you're saying, which is, well, I watched that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it again. I'm yeah. not going to like it anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Might like it a little less. I appreciate your honorable mention. And also, I think uh, I will do an underrated as well to keep it slightly positive at the end. My underrated, I think I've brought it up before. It is, we're going to do an episode about him at some point. One of my favorite directors, I think one of Nick's favorite directors, a guy named John McTiernan, directed a movie called The 13th Warrior based on the Michael Crichton novel, The Eaters of the Dead. And uh, it's Antonio Banderas. And it is a movie that's kind of, a real version of Beowulf. And for whatever reason, it bombed hard when it came out. It cost like $160 million and made like 50 at the box office. I went to see it. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I just thought people weren't ready for it. Now, after Game of Thrones, now after realistic, thoughtful fantasy has become a thing that people like, it was before the Lord of the Rings movies. And I just think the audiences in the late 90s were not ready for it. I loved the shit out of it. The battle sequences in it are amazing. The writing in it is cool and wild. Like, I'm not a warrior. After tonight, little brother, 
you will be like there's just this spooky toughness to the whole thing and the bad guys the fire snake the bear clan the eaters of the dead they are so horrifying in their reality of that maybe in the ancient past there were just straight up humans who lived in caves and turned into an entire nightmare world and they sometimes spread across the land and sometimes you had to fight them in order to stay alive i mean it's just such an epic and McTiernan does cool stuff with the dialogue, his whole thing where languages and how it works and under people understanding people's languages that they don't know. It's such a cool movie. I love it. I still watch it and I still think it stands up. I watch it recently. I think you should watch the 13th Warrior. Have you ever seen the 13th Warrior? Once on UPN. Oh man. I think I lost most of the movie. You got to watch the hard R too. It's McTiernan being super sword battle, mega bloody mayhem. And uh, yeah, I dig it. It's also in Spanish. My grandparents watch most things in Spanish. Yes. You should watch it in its original English slash ancient uh, Swedish, which you eventually in his classic McTiernan thing, you just like Antonio Banderas learn their language. And then it becomes English. Once you learn their language. In the sense of now he speaks it, so the audience speaks it, and it is their language. I don't know. Kind of a cool thing. Real fast, this one time I got so high off a hash brownie, my cat and I watched 30 minutes of What a Girl Wants in Spanish (laughs) before we realized I didn't understand a goddamn thing Amanda Bynes was saying. (laughs) I also watched an entire, back in the era, children of no cable, just a couple of network channels, and yes, on... Uh, Univision, they had Terminator 2, and it was the only thing on, and it was in Spanish dubbed, but I watched the whole damn thing. I watched it all the way, because literally the only thing that wasn't dubbed is when he says, hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) And I was like, yes, of course it is. (laughs) I think that's it. I think that was a pretty good one. I think so. And um, we have lots of picks. Obviously, there's tons of movies. If you want to disagree with us, totally hit us up on Instagram. Nick runs an amazing Instagram page for Blockbuster Film School. We'd love to talk to you, and uh, we are open to dialogue for sure. If you genuinely love the Star Wars sequels, you can. That's fine. That's Come on down. Alex you. will fight you. I, <laughs> I will certainly prove you wrong. I don't. <laughs> the best thing that came out of the Star Wars sequels was that meme of Kylo Ren with the Karen haircut yelling more. And then whatever it is, more pillows or more, more. Like the fact that a meme is the best thing that came out (laughs) is tragic. That is a tragedy of culture. But yeah, Super Producer Brian Tepps is giving us a thumbs up. Any other final thoughts, Nick? Uh, It's over. It's gone. I forgot it. (laughs) Well, everybody, this has been Blockbuster Film School. We love you. We appreciate everybody who listens. Please follow us, particularly on the Instagram. Check out the Super Producer Brian Tepps' amazing website, blockbusterfilmschool.com. It's got all our links. Check them out. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. Do drugs. Have a good time. I know the world is collapsing, but we think you're the best. And uh, we'll see you guys very soon. Blockbuster.